Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger, and with me, as always, is my good friend and introbot, Bebop Robobogo Wanatron. Say hi to everybody, Bebop. Bebop? 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 Where are you? Bebop! Hey, hey, Griff. Yeah? Griffin, can you come here for a second? Sure. Have you seen Bebop? No. Well, when was the last time that you saw him? Before vacation, I think. <gasps> you haven't seen him since vacation? No. Oh, well, I'm sure he's fine. No need to worry. Yeah, probably he, this is just one of his character things and is an adventure guy. Oh, thanks, buddy. No problem. Okay, well, this is strange. Bebop is nowhere to be found. Well, I'm going to pretend I'm not worried about this and introduce today's episode. This week, we're beginning to tie all the strands of this season together. So you may remember the last episode where Olivia thinks she learned something from Hookbot's story of being stranded on a desert island. Well, now here come Explorers Troop 301 in the dragon ship and the explorer pod that Genevieve sent out. And they're ready to hatch their own plan. What will happen in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 4, Episode 13, The Heist. Abigail piloted the formerly abandoned Explorer Pod, which had been sunk in the swamp of Yoho's planet, as close to the dragon ship as she could. She didn't have to, of course. Elias, piloting the dragon ship himself, had picked up the pod's signal and could have followed it across dozens of galaxies, even if he couldn't see the pod with his own eyes. Abigail knew all of that. Finn put his hand on Abigail's shoulder. He knew why she was flying this close, because he felt the same way. The truth of the matter was that Explorer Shoot 301 found themselves confronting the unknown. The Explorer Pod had picked up on the Marlow 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station's location, and they were flying to it right now. But they didn't know what they were going to find once they got there. Genevieve's note, the one they had found in the pod she had sent, had asked for anyone's help. The fact that she had sent the pod out 
into the chaos of the universe, not knowing where it would land, seemed like a desperate decision. There didn't seem to be a plan, and Genevieve was always good at coming up with a plan. So Abigail flew her pod close to the dragon ship, bringing the troop near and together. There was a sense of strength and safety in numbers, even as they flew into the unknown. Okay, Troop 301, it's time to put our heads together, said Abigail. We won't be able to just fly up to the Marlow, dock in a bay, and say, what's up to everybody? We can assume that as soon as we see the Marlow, the Marlow will see us, which means Bunce will see us, which means we need a plan to get in there first. Yeah, uh, I have a plan, said Vale. We're in a dragon ship right now, so we just fly up to the Marlow in the dragon ship. The dragon does its dragon thing and shoots fire, melting one side of it, and oh, I already see the problem here, and that's our space station and our friends in there, so we don't want to melt it. Never mind. I uh, forget I said anything. Forgotten, Vale, said Finn. Although, I think you may have something there. Bunce doesn't know about the dragon ship. If we fly up in the pod, he's going to recognize it. And he may even be able to take control of it from the Marlow. We'll be sitting ducks. True, said Paige. The other thing is that he doesn't know it will be us aboard the dragon ship. So he won't know that we don't want to damage the Marlow or hurt anyone inside. So he'll think we're actually a threat. Oh, wait said Elias. Maybe we could even make him think we're friendly. You know, if we fly up in the dragon ship and pretend to be, uh, I don't know, traitors or salesmen or something, there's no way he'll know it's us. He might even let us walk right on board. You guys got all that from my idea, said Vale. Huh, I guess I really am a genius. The wheels were really turning now. And while the troop discussed what they would do, Abigail kept an eye on the ship's sonar. They were getting closer and closer to the Marlow. It wouldn't be long before Bunce would know they were there. Okay, said Abigail. We've had a lot of great ideas, but here's the plan. We're going to have to break into the Marlow. And once we're there... We're going to have to use every single thing we know about our home to survive and take it back. Every nook, every cranny, every spot with a shadow, every bit of hallway where the cameras can't see, every electrical circuit, every robot aboard. We're going to need all of that knowledge if we're going to be victorious. Do you understand what I'm saying? Finn smiled and started laughing. <laughs> you mean we're going to have to basically be bank robbers, but on our own ship. Yes, said Elias. It's going to be a heist. Exactly, said Abigail. We're going to need to split up, and each of us will have to use our own strengths to get us through this. Here's what we're going to do first. We need to turn off all the power in the And 
Anyway, said Bunce, Hookbot here was one of our finest robots, just like I was one of our finest astronauts. But the brass, the big wigs of the Marlowe, felt threatened by our greatness. So we were both shunted off into the cold mystery of space to fend for ourselves. I bet they never thought they would see us a... What's that noise? What is that noise? Don't you children know I am in the middle of a monologue? This is a sacred space! It's the communications, said Hookbot, who had assumed the role of Bunce's first mate. Someone is hailing us! There's a dragon out there! Man the cannons! Bunce leapt from the captain's chair, and the kids of the Marlow all crowded toward the view screen. Okay, okay, back away. There can't be an actual dragon out there. That would be ridiculous. Let's put the image up on the big screen. Whoa, it's a dragon! Genevieve couldn't believe what she was seeing. Out there, floating in space, was a giant dragon. It was spooky looking, with vacant eyes and giant metal wings. It's trying to talk to us, said Hookbot. But we don't talk to unknown ships. Talk is for slimy eels, bottom feeders of the o- Okay, okay, Hookbot. That's enough ocean life metaphors for now, said Bunce. We get it, you don't want to talk to it, but I, for one, would never turn down the chance to speak to a dragon. Turn on the two-way. I will address it. You there! You have reached the admirable Admiral Bunce of the famous Bunce 2000. Is that what I call it? Bunce 2000? Anyway, clearly you have found us. So state your business. Oh, Admirable Admiral Bunce. A voice came over the speaker. We are the space merchants. We travel from galaxy to galaxy, planet to planet, peddling our wares. We caught sight of your most magnificent ship and wondered if you may allow us to dock and share with you our goods. Genevieve caught the eye of Olivia. The voice sounded familiar to her, and Olivia seemed to recognize something in it as well. Hmm, said Bunce. I've never heard of you space merchants before, and I have just about everything I need aboard my ship. No dice. Be gone with you before I let my pirate robot over here blast you into itty-bitty pieces. Understood, said the voice from the dragon. If you have no use for our magical weapons, then I guess we will be on our way. Bunce braced himself, nearly falling over. Mm, magical weapons? Why, those are two of my favorite words. Why didn't you say so? Hookbot! Please open one of the bay doors so these new friends of ours may dock. Excuse me, Admirable Admiral. Could you please open two of your bay doors? One so that we may step out, and the other so that we may unload our goods? Of course, of course, said Bunce. And Hookbot pressed some more buttons, opening a second bay door. Perfect, said the dragon ship, and it dove down toward the bays. Say, what? what's that there? said Bunce. But the merchants had shut down communications, and as Bunce watched, he couldn't believe his eyes. The dragon ship's tail 
whipped around, and flying out of it was a Marlow Explorer pod. Inside, Bunce could just make out the faces of two laughing kids. What? What's the meaning of this? Stop that! Stop that pod! Stop that pod now! Why? Why can't I? Con- why can't I control it? Hey! Hey! Elias dove the dragon ship's nose into the explorer pod bay, and Abigail and Finn, whose pod was still without power, thrown by the dragon's tail, crashed into the other open bay. All of the kids spilled out into the hallway. Okay, Paige and Meg, you head toward the library, said Abigail. Foggy, Elias, and Vale, you know what you need to do. Finn and I have our orders. I'll see you all again when this is over. Now, move! Meg grabbed Paige and flew her up the hallway. They could hear Bunce yelling over the ship's intercom. Oh, you think you're so clever? You think you can outsmart me? You are not welcome here. Do you hear me? Not welcome! Meg and Paige dove through the doors of the library, only to find the Protofessor shut down in the center of the room. Proto! yelled Paige, rushing to the robot's side. Foggy and Vale were tasked with getting Elias to the ship's main engineering room so he could start dismantling the camera system. They dashed up the hall, taking a left through the mess hall when... I'll eat you up, I love you so. Abigail and Finn ran as fast as they could to the one room where they knew if they could get the jump on Bunts, they might actually be able to pull off, overthrowing him. They stepped into the robot room and... There were the evil robots. And before Finn and Abigail could do anything, the wolfbot leapt right at them. All right, I am here with my son and editor, young Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. All right, so... We have a very unique situation going on here. But first, can you tell me, what did you think of the episode? About 50% awesome, 500% good. (laughs) All right. All right. I like that math. So let's talk a little bit about your influence on this episode because, you know, you're the editor of the show and you have a lot of input in how the story goes. And I read the story to you and you thought there should be a change to the story. So can you talk a little bit about what you thought needed to happen like maybe there'd be a little more action at the end yeah so the originally the story ended right when they crashed and came out when abigail says move and then everybody kind of goes their own way but you wanted to know what ways they were going right yeah and i think that was a good edit because it gave a little more detail and it set up really what's going to happen so here's the crazy thing okay here's what we're going to do there's a poll in the show notes, if you go to fincaspian.com slash choose, that's fincaspian.com slash choose, you can choose which character we're going to follow. Kind of like a choose your own adventure type story. The audience is actually going to tell us what's going to happen. So if you think they should go and find out what's happening with Proto, with Paige and Meg, you can select that. If you think they should... See what's happening with the evil robots and Finn and Abigail. You can check out that. Or if you want to know what's going to happen with Foggy, Elias, and Vale and the zombie wild thing, you can choose that. I'm not going to ask you what you think should happen next because I don't want you to influence the audience. (laughs) 
but we're going to be doing this all the way through the end of the season. So every episode will end with a choice that the audience can choose and then we'll move on. And actually, so then what we're going to do is we're going to have a new episode every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. And at the end of every episode, you got to vote right away. And then I'll write up the story and go in that direction. And then I don't know when the season is going to end, when the audience says the season ends. What do you think of that, Griff? Awesome. (laughs) I think it's going to be nuts, but I think it's going to be fun. All right. Anything else you wanted to talk about with this episode? No. Okay. Thank you, everybody, who's been sending in to Character Club. I need to update the website. I know that. But I have this idea for a Character Club episode. So we're going to put all of the Character Club suggestions into one episode. But thank you all so much. Keep sending in those ideas. They're really great. And they're really starting to inform what's going to happen in the next season. So having said that, it is now... Joke time! Ah, I thought you were going to say art time. (laughs) All right, let's do jokes. Joke time! All right, so our first joke actually comes from our pal Lucas from Decatur, Georgia, home of one of the great book festivals. Here you go, Lucas. What do you call an evil meteorite? What? A meteorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Lucas. And now our pal Silas from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Silas, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. What do I do when I'm on an ice cream truck and I'm scared? I scream. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I don't know why you're screaming on an ice cream truck, but I get the joke. Thank you so much, Silas. And now it is art time. All right, so thanks to Eli from Tacoma Park, Maryland, Micah, who is seven, Devin from South Amboy, New Jersey, who is also seven, Charlie M. from Houston, Texas, Julio, who's nine, from Chicago, but who's moving to Leeds, England. Chicago is sorry to lose you, Julio. Luca from Perth in Western Australia. Noah, who's eight, who sent in a joke and an art. Noah, if you could resend that joke, I'd appreciate it. I couldn't quite make it out. L from South Carolina, Madison, who's five from Charlotte, North Carolina, Lucas, who is 4.75 Earth years old, six-year-old Luke, Ruby, who's five and a half from Fairfax, Virginia, our pal Matilda, Matilda, I'm sorry that I didn't mention you before, but you have sent in so much art. Thank you so much, Matilda. And of course, also thank you to Emerson, who's three and a half from Molino, Florida, Ezra, who's five from Phoenix, Arizona, Rowan Tucker, and our pal Isaac from South Wales, New York. Thank you all so much. All right. We're going to have a new episode on Monday of next week. So get those votes in right away. I'll be shutting down the voting on that Saturday night so I can make the episode on Sunday. And then on Monday, we'll have a new chance for you to vote. Wednesday, a new chance for you to vote. Friday, a new chance for you to vote. And then eventually the season's going to end sometime, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all so much. Thanks for all your art, sounds, jokes, characters, and thanks for your votes. Griffin, anything else you wanted to say? Nope. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right, I want to say thanks again to everybody who has sent in their art, sound, jokes, characters. Everything you've sent in has been so great. Thank you all so much. If you're in the Madison, Wisconsin area this Saturday, June 30th, come to the live show. Check out fincastmecom slash events for more information about that. 
And if you're not from around there and you happen to see Bebop somewhere around your place, please let me know. And don't forget to vote at fincaspian.com slash choose. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a Gen Z Kids production. Written and produced by Jonathan Messenger. Edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Our intern is Emerson Messenger. Our artist is Sir Ian Dingman. And our musical friend, the nicest human in the multiverse, is Mark Greenberg. For more information about the show, check out the show notes or go to fincasby.com. And we will see you next week for our multiple episode week. It's going to be crazy. Bye. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're Free! Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.